Inside Out with Turner and Seth. Welcome back, everybody. Finally, we are going to get to some of our lock-in material. We, we we're going to unlock the lock-in episodes. You know, a lot of bands do use that uh, these days. What do you mean? <clears throat> you buy the album, mm-hmm. and you get a code, and that unlocks uh, other tracks and access to other videos and that sort of thing. Unlocking. It's uh, like a big thing now. So it's, like a, it's like music being Cracker Jacks. No. Yeah, man. There's a prize in there. Right, but you don't and have to then you know, it. you know, the prizes no longer are um, are no longer like physical, tangible prizes. Now it's like a sheet of paper inside it that says, "Go to this and download this for your prize." No, I didn't know that. But when they would have little mini baseball cards, I was obsessed oh, about I bet. it. I've, yeah, I grabbed a lot of those. That was probably my Cracker Jack peak. Just like when Hostess had the baseball cards in the back of the boxes in the mid seventies, I would. Okay, I ate a lot of Twinkies and cupcakes well, back what, then. What about you? Yeah, what about the? Uh, <laughs> What what about the Kellogg's um, hologram baseball cards? Do you remember those? 3D, not hologram. Okay, 3D. Way, way pre-hologram. Yeah, sorry. So those, 3D. I have a whole series of those. Those have actually held, their, they, va- they've actually held their value more than others. The, be, the Kellogg's yeah. ones are the ones you want to have, actually. Well, that's what I have. Can there you go. sell them? But you know me. I have a freaking box. Any listeners can help with baseball cards. I have a ton of mint condition. A lot of them are common players. Don Russ Rookie. But I have a lot of really quality. Like I gave uh, Sam Bush that Ozzy Smith card. Oh, he, he loved never that. Seen. Yeah, he was psyched. He was. That was his favorite part of the interview, I think. So we're back. Uh, we're sitting here in Atlanta. Lockin' yeah. is a festival in uh, Virginia. Yes, that's right, Rob. Tell us about your experience at Lockin'. Well, it was fun. Great, Rob. Thanks for telling us. Yeah, that was it. It was fun. <laughs> no, no, for real, though. Come on. It was a good time. We were Well, Thursday we got to play. But then the other days we pretty much worked a lot during the day. Which was unusual for the guy on the fan side, because there's all the music going on. <laughs> Especially, and well, when the first ones you'll hear are these headcount ones. You can hear Charles Bradley in the background. And at one point, I think when we're interviewing the woman from the the food thing, I don't remember the name of the organization. Grow. Yes, um, <laughs> Charles Bradley's horns kicked in or something. Oh, remember? Yeah, and I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we had to hear Charles Bradley from a distance. We had to hear Gary Clark sitting with Phil Lesh and friends from a distance. There was a lot of there was a lot of listening from distance. Although Galactic was throwing down from a distance, but Rob, let's face it, it was 110 degrees or something crazy like that. That was just Friday. The other uh, two days weren't that bad. It, no, the, that the, was just Friday. Come still, on, dude, it was still you're hot. such a southerner now, man. It Where's the still, northern part of Seth? What happened to that? Bring that back. Hey, it po- was not that bad. I parked my car in a bus. It was uh, so funny. All the relics people and all the other northerners were just like, it's so hard. I'm gonna wilt. I'm melting. I'm melting. Suck it up. Toughen up. Although I got to say, the media tent was. I would sit in the media tent and do research for one of our interviews, and then I would step outside in a general pop just to cool off. It was pretty hot in the media tent. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. I was like, so hot in here. Like, what's going on? That was like a, the, the that me- was like a whiner in the headlights. <laughs> the uh, there was so much buzz <laughs> going on in the uh, media tent. You know. <laughs> well, Rob, um, head count. Uh, so we're going to start off our our lock in. 
interviews with the uh, headcount interview, which is right here on the uh, cusp of the National Voter Registration Day. And well, here we are approaching a huge Such election. an interesting election year. Seemed like Hillary had it locked up. Now she's having health issues. Now we have terrorism attacks in New York. These two things both helped Trump, and now we're in a freaking dogfight again. Very interesting election, and maybe the yeah. Libertarian uh, gets enough polling. I think he has to poll a certain amount uh, by a certain point before he is allowed in the debates, mm-hmm. which there'll be three debates, one in late September, two in early October, plus a vice presidential debate. They've just released all the rules for them. It's a, it's a big year. And, no, and remember, headcount's not telling you how to vote. No, they're they, not. And that's a, uh, that's a really big point. And I think that they, Andy did a good job of getting that across. But, Rob, they're not telling you how to vote. They're telling you to vote. Get out there. Educate yourself. Become involved. Have not just an opinion, but an informed opinion. And if you go back and listen to some of our other former Inside Out episodes, uh, one in particular with Mark Brownstein, who happens to be one of the uh, founding fathers and board members of Headcount, he has really good points about getting involved. He talks a lot about the, you know, the Bernie movement, and this is before Bernie was not there anymore. So Andy echoes something that Mark had said about yeah. the Bernie movement is to not get discouraged if those of you who become lured to the process by Bernie's um, message to not become discouraged. And as Obama said again in an interview, I believe it was uh, with Jimmy Fallon. He was just on with Jimmy Fallon recently and he was saying change is incremental. Change doesn't happen exactly the way you want it, the way you want it, as quickly as you want it. You can't get discouraged. The Bernie movement had its impact and we move forward with our political system informed by that impact. That's right. You know, Rob, I'm going to be in Greece when the uh, election takes place. No, but you have some other exciting trips. I, I'm really jealous of, of the fact that you're going to Israel, because I've been to Greece a couple of times. I've, I've only been to Israel once. It was for literally like 20, 22 hours. Go ahead, say your saying in Hebrew. Huh? Go ahead, you can say your Hebrew saying, the one you know. I know a bunch. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, no. Shigunagoyim? <laughs> Get away from the Shigunagoyim? Go visit Israel? Oh, wait, you're uh, bringing one with you. You're bringing one with you. My Shiksa? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on a trip. It's called Honeymoon in Shiksa. No, it's... <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, it's called Honeymoon in Israel. It's, uh, you got to be married less than fi- five or less years, and you have to have... Um, well, I guess that's one of you has to be Jewish. So that's what we're doing. It's going to be an interesting trip. But there's yeah, lots of stuff. I mean, after Lachin, I mean, I feel like it's just been a whirlwind. I mean, I, I, after Lachin, I jumped over to uh, Vegas and did a week and a half working the big blues bender in Las Vegas. That event was really interesting. Keb Mo and tons of all this stuff. But you know what came out of that event that was really neat? Uh, the promoter. AJ, uh, AJ Gross decided to do something where he brought these horn sections, to, uh, built a horn section. They called it the Brender Bass. The Bender, not Brender. Bender, Bender <laughs> the Brass. Bender Brass. Now, uh, mark my word, this is going to become a band. He made. He, he's like, oh, let's do a late night jam. We'll get these guys, and they'll just be the horn section. We'll call them the Bender Brass. And then it's, it's like literally become something. These guys are they they gelled, and and I think you know, I think we're going to see a lot of things that come out of that. And another interesting point about the Blues Bender I want to bring up um, is you know you've got it's blues music. What do you think of blues? You think of like old music, right? Older musicians, dying musicians, but a lot of the musicians are young. I mean, Terrence, a drummer from uh, Dirty Dozen Brass Band, former drummer, he's he, he's out there with the band, and I mean, I'm just looking and seeing all these cats from other bands that I know, and then a bunch of young cats that I don't know, and it's like, and the audience is way old, you know, 
It's, it's an older audience, but then the musicians are young. So it's interesting. I'm kind of curious what's going what's gonna to come out of that scene uh, in years to come. But it, uh, I don't know, but I'll say two things. First of all, Jeff Atchison should play that festival. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Of course. And secondly, uh, Gary Clark Jr., uh, getting back to Lockin, Gary Clark Jr. played Sunday. He sat in with Phil and then played his own set. And it was pretty cool to see the Deadheads and the Fishheads getting down on Gary Clark Jr. Because he's, he's kind of blues-based, but he works a little hip-hop. He kind of toned down the hip-hop at uh, Lockin. But he does work a lot of hip-hop into what he does. He works a, a, a lot of R&B he, he and soul. To, he played to the crowd real well. Mo- yeah. Most artists did. I mean, geez, My Morning Jacket, they owned Lockin the this year, Tedeschi Trucks, Morning and and again, I love Fish, and I love the Dead, and any chance I get to see Phil these days is a very special thing. But... Uh, the Tedeschi trucks, my morning jacket, and I got to be the light board for morning jacket, and it was just stunning. Just a stunning set, and Tedeschi trucks, the two of them, fantastic. Outstanding one-two punch on Saturday Night at Lockin. Hey, what do you say when we uh, cut our next episode, the uh, Kuroda one, we, we talk a little bit more about some of the music we saw at Lockin. Sure, but let's move now to Andy Bernstein, yes. founding member, a guy I used to stand next to a disco. At one time at Jack Straws, they were shredding basses for a day, and I looked over, and freaking Bernstein was yawning. Yawning, <laughs> but now that he's done what he's done with his life, I'll forgive him for that. I don't mind that. Andy Bernstein took some time out. He was pretty busy at this festival. Took he was time very out. busy. He, but, I mean, mind you, his role, uh, folks. That you, if you don't know, it's not just Andy Bernstein, you know, head of headcount. But headcount's not just there uh, registering voters. They had a whole precipitation. Precipitation. I keep saying that participation, participation row. As you see, we joke perspiration row, but it's participation row. A lot of organizations, lots. We're given a chance to engage with the with the people. And a question that you'll notice I ask in these three interviews that we're going to run in this episode, how engaged are the people? And I was very, probably the most inc- encouraging thing to me about doing these interviews was that there are a lot of young people who are really, you know, want to know about this stuff, genuinely curious about issues and conscious. And that was, you know, something I needed to hear and was very encouraged to hear. Well, uh, that's good. But Rob, did you learn something there? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Perspiration Row. Oh, man. It was a learning experience for sure. It, it, Andy, and his, Andy and Headcount did a, did a fantastic job, and this is something that they've done at Lock-In, and it's grown, and they now do elsewhere at other events and tours, and it's, it's really a fantastic thing because it's bringing all these nonprofits together. But it's amazing. Our buddies, Mark and Andy <laughs> from back in the day, yeah. have this organization. You'll see them on CNN or, or Fox once in a while, you know, and they're like in... A significant impact on the political process today, and that's that's uh, I tip my hat to them. I'm tipping my hat, my Patriots hat. Well, without further ado, what do you say, Rob? Uh, that's gonna be one of our expressions on tired expressions. Okay, well, at the end of the let's day, let's move in, <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. Oh, god, here we go with Andy Bernstein from Headcap. So, uh, hey, everybody, we're here at Lockin, Lockin Music Festival. Rob Turner, how are you? Good to be here. A little sweaty. That's why they call it, what are they calling Participation Row this weekend? Oh, they're calling it Schwitz Row. No. What are they calling it? Perspiration Row. That's it, Perspiration Row. They're it's... selling deodorant at the hanging. And uh, the man behind Perspiration Row, I... Andy Bernstein. It's all organic deodorant. I just want to make that clear. 
All organic. So it's the kind that melts right onto your thighs. There you go. There you go. Andy Bernstein, a, a man I once used to dance alongside at many Disco Biscuit shows, but in 2004, I think he found his true calling when he founded Headcount. Headcount.org, the non-participant. No, I'm joking, non-participant. Non-affiliate. Well, how do you call it? You Non-partisan call it. is there the you word go. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. I'm so stuck on participation. They just want to get people to vote, Seth. They're not looking to encourage anyone to go one way or the other. How many people have you guys uh, registered in the years you've been doing this? Over 350,000. Over 350,000. That's amazing. How many of those are in swing states? You know, I couldn't tell you that number exactly, but here we are today in Virginia, and unquestionably Virginia is the most important state in this election. It's very unlikely that whoever carries Virginia doesn't win the election. So just the way the electoral math works. So we're excited to be here at Lock-In with the largest setup headcount has ever had uh, with the participation row, not perspiration row. <laughs> we have 18 nonprofits here that are doing some sort of voter education. And we're of course registering voters. And this is kind of the pinnacle of all the work we've been doing for the last 12 years. Headcount, we'll, we'll register voters at over a thousand events this year. So in any major city, whenever a band we work with is coming to town, we're there registering voters. And we'll also be at around 50 festivals. But where it all comes together is at lock-in and the events where we do a participation row. So not only are we registering voters, but we're trying to get people in touch with why their vote counts and, and, and what really is at stake in the election. So we have all these organizations here from Appalachian Voices to Normal to um, Love Hope Strength, and all of them in some way have a cause that is impacted by the election. And, and whether it's a cancer organization like Love Hope Strength, well, cancer research is actually a huge issue in Congress uh, that's debated all the time. It might not be in the headlines, but basically everybody has something at stake in the election. So, and obviously a group like Normal that's doing marijuana legalization doesn't need to be explained how much they have at stake. So we bring all these groups out here and try to create activities and really stress participation. That's why what we are some of the activities you guys got, are doing? Well, um, some are like pledges to vote and like we work with Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's is actually giving free ice cream to anybody who takes four actions at Participation Row. And we've got a whole campaign with them around the, uh, the Voting Rights Act. And we do postcards that we'll actually mail to people before the election with their own signature with their pledge to vote. Um, another gr great group here um, is doing a, um, they're a, 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 a food organization, a natural food uh, nonprofit organization. And they have a quiz where you guess where different candidates stand on issues that relate to food. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I really like that one a lot. So everybody's got a little something different. And, and one of the groups here that's doing a great job is Wintergreen Adaptive Sports. They have a, um, they are a local organization that um, helps people with disabilities get involved in skiing and other sports where that require special equipment. So you think, God, what does that have to do with the election? Well, they have this awesome setup here where they have, they talk about some of the issues that are meaningful to people with disabilities and how the election impacts that. So at a time where a lot of people probably don't feel great about their choices uh, on the top of the ticket, I mean, we, there's certainly no question that a lot of people tell us when we're registering voters that they don't like the choices. Um, what we're trying to say is, you know, this isn't about one person versus another. This is about all of our lives and the way that participating and being an active citizen can improve our lives. So Lock-In is a place where we get to really, it's just the pinnacle of the work we do, 
And I should say that it's also a lot of fun. I mean, what we do here at Lockin is anybody who visits four nonprofit organizations, they get free Ben & Jerry's ice cream. They get a 30-day subscription to Quello, which is this awesome um, music content service on demand. It's like the Netflix for music. And then they also get a chance to win a guitar signed by all the artists here. So Fish, Ween, My Morning Jacket will all be signing a D'Angelico guitar. And we give it away. And it's a totally free raffle. The way to enter is to just visit these nonprofits. How do you track that they visited four or more? We have these stamp cards. So with each activity you do, you get a stamp. And when you have four stamps, you bring it to the Quello Lounge. And that gets you the ice cream. It gets you the drawing for the guitar. And then we also auction a guitar. And the money gets split among all these organizations. And last year, the guitar went for $65,000. And the main reason we did so well is because last year, Seth wasn't here. So, you know, <laughs> oh, Seth's man. been out locking every year, then one year he isn't here, and suddenly just everything really clicks. So I take it to a silent auction. It is a silent auction. If you ever need a live auctioneer, I got a bit of a, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, Anyways, let me ask you this. Participation row, I know it's only Friday at Lockin so far, but to what extent are you finding the people, the festival goers, are engaged in these causes? Oh, it's great. And one of the things I love to do is take pictures when our booths are just slammed with people. And having done, you know, Headcount, we're at 50 festivals. So we know the full gambit of what success looks like. And sometimes you have nonprofit villages and festivals that just have very little traffic. And we are constantly trying to come up with ways to change that and, and encourage people when they're at a festival to take some time and do something socially conscious. And so Participation Row, we have all the tricks. All the things that we know work, we bring to Participation Row. Uh, so incentives, free ice cream. Apparently people really like free ice cream. 110 degrees out. Yeah, somehow that works. <laughs> I, I think we're geniuses because we figured out that free ice cream is something people like. I'll give like. you that. I'll give you that. But there's no doubt that people are really engaged. And, um, you know, this crowd at Lockin is awesome. I mean, for anybody who hasn't been to this festival, it's definitely my favorite festival. And as I said, we do 50 a year. It's, it just kind of brings together all the things that that we love. Um, the lineup is incredible. Um, I'm, a, I'm a proud disciple of Pete Shapiro. Uh, Pete Shapiro is a board member of Headcount. He's also my landlord, so I have to say nice things about him. <laughs> and uh, Pete and Dave Fry have made this festival reflect our collective values, our community. And I am a, just a true believer in our community, the festival scene, the, the wetland scene from many years ago, um, the scene around fish and the dead. and. I, I love this community. I've been part of it for my whole adult life. And this is the festival that I think brings together everything we love, everything we care about. And so it's no coincidence that this is where we do our largest participation row. It's not our only one. We did Floyd Fest, which was awesome. We did the entire Dead & Company tour. And next year we hope to expand it to a lot of other events. But here, we're just doing it in all its glory. And we know that we're going to turn out a lot of voters because of this. We know that not only are we going to register hundreds of voters, but we're going to touch thousands of people and get thousands of people more in touch with what their vote means. And that's just really exciting for us. Registering voters, do you find that now that you've been doing this for several years, are you finding that you're the, the average age of who you're registering is staying the same? Or are you, you know, after years of doing this, now all of a sudden someone in their 40s or 50s are finally getting off their butt to uh, register? Well, it's a great question, and I haven't run the demos for this year, but it also really depends on events. We're seeing a lot of different things. This is the first year we did the Vans Warp Tour, and the Vans Warp Tour was a huge success for us, and we were registering kids who've never heard of Headcount, not 
in touch with a lot of the other bands that we work with, and it was consistently 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, people who are eligible for the first time. But we also find that when we go, like we did really well on Dead & Company tour this year, and it was all ages. Mm -hmm. But I think we are experiencing, there's a little bit of, if somebody likes this kind of music, kind of music at Lock-In, they have, they're, they're familiar with Headcount. They've seen us, we do a thousand events a year. So it's really exciting for us when we get in front of new audiences. This year we did the Dixie Chicks and did really well with the Dixie Chicks. Uh, we do a lot of indie rock bands. Uh, this year we, we did really well with Animal Collective. Uh, we do great with Dr. Dog, who's sort of, they're kind of hard to pin genre-wise, but that's a band that we do really well with. So it's great for us when we reach an audience that maybe hasn't seen Headcount a million times. But it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, one artist that we do really well with is Grace Potter. Um, and part of it is just because Grace is awesome. But part of it is, I don't know, like we did huge numbers with Grace on her winter tour. So it's hard to say, like, peg any one thing. But I can tell you is that every time we get out there, we're registering a new voter. We're bringing, you know, whether it's 10 voters or 100, we're bringing a new person into the democratic process. And it's, it's just always exciting and meaningful. Last time I was at Lock and Grace Potter made me cry, actually. I wanted to ask you something, though. Uh, everyone knows that you sign people up at all these festivals. That's a little more obvious. Yeah. One of the other things that you do that I don't think as many people know about is that in the uh, weeks immediately prior to the election, you have a phone calling campaign where you call the people who registered and remind them to vote. Are you still as active in that? Do you need help in that? Is that somewhere where if people want to volunteer now, that that's an area they could step in? You know, we haven't uh, gotten that going yet for this year. So we'll figure that out a little closer to the election. We've done that a few different ways. We've done it with uh, volunteers. We've done it with, we did one year where you could request to have a musician call you. There were like eight you could choose from. And it was a recorded call. So Willie Nelson would call or Bob Weir. But what we did as a surprise is Bob Weir and Mark Brownstein actually called a lot of the people live. And one of the coolest conversations I've ever had is some guy walks up to me and goes, dude, Bob Weir called me. I filled this thing out and I thought it was going to be a recording and I talked to him and he talked back and it was like, I know Bob's voice. It was Bob Weir, man. Well, now, hey, we want you to go on ahead out and vote. Something like that? Oh my God, Bobby, I didn't know you were coming to lock it. Can we talk about oh. him? He's in a band that was always not political. And then here we, you know, about nine years after Jerry died, he's one of your biggest supporters. He's done house concerts. He's done so many things. He's very generous as far as I can tell with his time. Bobby's a very generous guy. And I'm glad you said that because it's, everybody should know this. Like, you know, you don't know what the artists are like when they're on stage. Mm -hmm. Bobby was just the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He's kind to everyone. Um, and, you know, all the time we see people come up to Bobby and want to talk his ear off about how, He's changed their lives, and he like really listens and really engages. He's just a wonderful human being. But I think a lot of Bobby's political awakening, if we'll call it, had to do with when he had kids. That's what he said many times, that he felt a lot more invested in their future. And one thing that was really cool for us is Chloe, Bobby's daughter, who's 15 years old, volunteered with us this summer on Dead & Co. tour. So when we started, she was three. And now she's an awesome volunteer and an awesome person. Um, but, you know, like Bobby has just been really... I mean, we, we wouldn't exist without Bob Weir. And you know, I could say that about, obviously, Mark Brownstein, our co-chair, and I think Fish and Dave Matthews, too, have been really supportive. But Bobby is, is the heart and soul of Headcount. It's, uh, everybody kind of has a different role. Um, and so Mark and I, you know, spearheaded, and I don't make any big decision without talking to Mark Brownstein. Uh, Mark is a voice of reason, believe it or not. 
And oh no, has, we had him on. He definitely was very reasonable. He yeah. had some interesting things to say. And uh, Mark has just a really good sense of the community. And uh, you know, Mark and I have been friends since we were teenagers. And uh, we just really like our brains work really well together. Bobby is just such a driving force and such a heart and soul. And um, one of the things that's really exciting for me right now is you know Bobby has a new record out, this cowboy record. And I can honestly say that that was born with Headcount. We had started with, in 2012, we got Bobby with, together with members of the National. We knew those guys were big deadheads, but they had never had any contact. And we did a show at Bobby's TRI Studios. Yes, they got him to break up Brother Esau for the first time in 25 yeah, years. exactly. It was called The Bridge Session. And this, to me, you know, we, we try to be really creative and really, like, feed the music. And for me, if, if on my gravestone, just me knowing that we brought those musicians together and it led to this tour that's coming up. It's a really great feeling. And there, it was, if you're gonna ever find, the Bridge Session is like, it's on YouTube is the place to find the recordings. And uh, just Google Bob Weir, the National Head Count Bridge Session. It is the most beautiful music. Yes. It's Grateful Dead songs and a few other tunes through the lens of indie rock Absolutely. with a kind of Americana underbed. Um, and uh, my friend Brian McQuaid is the first to said that. I'm, I'm ripping off my friend Brian McQuaid here. And it was just, he said it to me and it was so perfectly said that I've said it many times. I watch it, it's very accurate. I watch it several, several, I watch it live. It's a wonderful set. It really is. And, and yeah, as you said, they, they broke out Brother Esau. And then we did like a, um, in between sets, a political conversation with folks from the right and the left. And, John Barlow, right? Yeah, and, and John I Barlow. heard you had one in the middle. We did have one in the middle. Uh, and it was um, really, really a cool thing. It's uh, you know over four years ago now, and now the album is coming out. Blue Mountain is the name of the album, by the way. Yeah, Blue Mountain, and everybody's been calling it the Cowboy Record. Mm -hmm. um, but we're just all really happy for Bobby that he still has such creative energy. And he's just, uh, I mean, what we got to do in Dead & Co. Tour this summer was also a real height for us. We took Participation Row out on the road, and we registered more voters on Dead than we did on some other bands that we thought would out-register Dead & Co. And that was really exciting. Was younger crowd, older crowd? It was definitely younger than we thought it would be, you know, in terms of like a lot of new people are getting turned on to the Dead right now, which is really cool. Um, but we also just had a great presence. When we do a participation row, more people come out and more people engage. It's amazing how the uh, Dead music is circulating back through a whole new vein. I mean, a lot of your friends, Joe Russo, Marco Benevento, Tommy Hamilton, you know, uh, Mark Brownstein, the, the, the Aaron Magner, like all these guys are now connecting with the dead that you Reed would Mathis. even, and all the national and all the, all the indie rockers. And I mean, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? It is incredible. And, you know, if you take a step back and think about the dead in the context of just American music, it's sort of a fun game to say, who is, who is the greatest American rock band of all time? And you can debate that. And I'm sure a lot of people would argue the doors but there's not really that many others. You know, like when you think of how many, how many Grateful Dead songs are truly part of the canon of great American music that you can just, you know, okay, Uncle John's band, you, a truck yeah. in, you can just, you can't stop. You can just keep naming songs that are just part of when a thousand years from now, when they come back and discover society in this century, they'll play Grateful Dead songs. But they may even be playing a Bob Dylan song that's a Grateful Dead song. In a Grateful you know? Dead uh, yeah. arrangement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, and certainly, I started thinking about when Prince passed away. It's like, who are our greatest musicians? Who are the greatest American musicians? And Jerry's in there. You can't argue yeah. it any other way. Well, you could argue one of the ins true inspirers of Headcount is one of the great musicians, Frank Zappa. When I saw him in 84 and 88, he was registering voters and very aggressive telling people to go out and do it. And I would imagine that was an inspiration for Headcount. Dude, you're old, bro. You uh, saw Frank Zappa in 84? <laughs> I'm lucky. Boston Orpheum, February 88, two Zappa shows. He was showing off for the Berkeley kids. Uh, Jim Baker had just gotten busted. Those shows are amazing. He was showing off all his hand signals to Berkeley kids. It, it was full frontal Zappa. On that note, though, when you, when you work with artists and musicians say, you know what, we don't want to get political, is your approach perhaps to them, well, don't get political talking about size. Just tell people to register to vote. Yeah, and you know, I hear that a lot. And we, one of the things I really try to do is respect people's viewpoints. And even when people say they don't want to vote, like, we're not like, you're an idiot or screw you. Like, I recognize that there are people of very, very strong feelings about what's happening in this country. And people express it in different ways. And, but there are certain things that we say to people. When, when people say they don't want to vote, just to go there for a second, um, one of the things that undoubtedly we hear right now is, uh, I voted for Bernie and it didn't do anything and I don't like either of these candidates and you know, We're hearing that all the time and what I say to people is There are a lot of people who feel the way you do and whatever your values are I guarantee you're not alone There's millions of people who feel almost exactly like you do and if all of you vote the world will slowly turn more in your direction and candidates who espouse your values will start winning at every level. And if none of you vote, I can tell you, well, the other side is definitely voting. And there are pockets of people who are very reliable voters, whether it's elderly people, whether it's people involved in labor unions, whether it's uh, churchgoers and, and certain, you know, uh, Tea Party, you know, very reliable voters, right and left, different pockets of reliable voters. And sure enough, these people have a lot of influence and they have the candidates they want because they're getting them in there. Have you ever gotten negative feedback from people who maybe aren't as interested in everyone voting? Yeah, I mean, we've heard all kinds of things. Um, but, you know, to Seth's question about, like, an artist, when an artist says, I don't want to be political, which we do hear all the time. One of the things I think people like about Headcount is that it's not political to say participate. It's not political to say make your voice heard. And we are kind of a safe place. And I think a really good example of an artist that feels very strongly that way is Trey Anastasia. I mean, Trey is, I've heard Trey say this many times. He's like, we don't want to divide our audience. And I feel we have a relationship with our audience that has to be totally separate from the political world. And that would be Garcia's attitude, too. Yeah. But one thing that Trey has said to me many times, and said publicly, is, but if there's one thing we do believe in, it's voting. And so you can be very non-political and still believe in participation and still believe in democracy. And in the end, this is a pretty non-controversial idea. The idea that democracy is a good thing, pretty much everyone's going to agree with that. And democracy only works if people vote. And what about positive feedback? What's some of the positive feedback you've gotten that you're most proud of? People find me really sexy, especially in the rain, or like when I'm really sweaty at a festival. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I'm not as sexy as either of you guys. I know. But, uh, Keep your shirt sorry. on. Keep your shirt on. The day is young. The day is young. In all seriousness, the uh, I mean, we've gotten so much love from so many people, um, and so much uh, 
you know, validation. And we're very grateful to a lot of like companies that have gotten behind us, like Ben and Jerry's and a company called Clean Energy Advisors and D'Angelico giving us guitars and Quello and Magic Hat and all these folks that have said to us, we really believe in you and we really want to get behind you. And so that has really helped headcount. I mean, I don't want to be all NASCAR-ish, like I want to thank my sponsors, but I do think <laughs> it's important for people to know that it costs money to do what we do. And the fact that we don't, it doesn't cost the fans anything. The the our, our backers and our donors and the bands have made this thing happen and we're very very grateful so that's you know the nicest compliment you can get as when someone gets behind you but to answer your question in a not so corporate way when a volunteer with headcount tells us that the headcount experience has changed their lives that is more important to me than anything else in the world and it's something that we hear every single day it's uh, so we have 15,000 volunteers, and so many people who have gotten involved maybe just because they wanted an easy way to see a concert, then really became involved and became leaders and became part of a family. And when you hear those words, "Headcount has changed my life," it just gives me chills. And um, you know, it, it happens all the time. Yeah, we share that experience with uh, me and the work exchange team and the volunteers and whatnot. And one of the things we're out here this weekend that we want to capture is people like yourself, your story about where you started, where you are at now, and where you're, where you're going. So in that example, a lot of these volunteers may have come through a headcount to see a show and get in free, but now, years later, they're actually the ones that are running an operations or a vending booth, or they find their life in here. How did you find your life in this? Well, um, yeah, that's so true, and I'm sure you do have that similar experience. Um, the way headcount happened was kind of funny. So. Go back to when I was like in college, I was a huge fish fan. And after, shortly after college, myself and a few friends wrote a book called The Farmer's Almanac, uh, which is our fan's guide to fish. And through that, we met a lot of people and kind of you know, knew our way around the scene, knew who, uh, who was doing what. But I had a completely different life. I was a, a sports business reporter for a trade magazine. Nothing to do with music. And I kind of proudly said, yeah, I don't, I just, I just, know enough people that sometimes I get into shows for free. But I had a moment, and it was late 2003, I was doing an interview with somebody and we started talking about Guantanamo Bay and how people were being jailed without having charges against them. And to me, that's really un-American. The beauty of the American system is that it works, that people have their day in court and when they're guilty, hopefully they get put away. Uh, I don't think we need to get away from what makes us Americans, basic liberties. So we're talking about that and I'm all riled up. I'm all like getting heated and I hang up the phone and I say to myself, I gotta do something. I've gotta stop complaining and I've gotta do something. And I sit there, I just sit there in silence and say, what am I gonna do? And I had the idea for Headcount. And then I emailed Mark Brownstein of the Disco Biscuits, who's a, a, a good friend. And Mark emailed back with two words, I'm in. And it took off from there and I, I kept doing, kept my day job. And then in 2008, it became clear that Headcount had gotten bigger than we ever imagined, and it was time to go run it full-time. And now we have nine full-time employees for the election, uh, 15,000 volunteers, as I said. We have a great website, headcount.org, that I should be plugging. And that's where people can register to vote as well as register to be a volunteer? Exactly. And also get a lot of information. So on our, our site, is, it's kind of an underrated part of Headcount. 
The most comprehensive website for voter information on the web is headcount.org. Does it also give you information about the candidates? Or yeah, I mean, what we do is we link to a lot of different sources. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can, and even like state level candidates, local candidates, you can see what's on your ballot. Uh, I can talk for a long time about our website, but the best thing to do is just check it out at headcount.org. 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 Org. Well, this has been great, guys. I really appreciate it. I'm going to go get uh, some things signed by Fish so we can give away a guitar at Participation okay, well, one, Row. One last question then. If we're going to do one activation here with Inside Out, which one do you recommend? I think you should check out that, uh, that plant grows over there all the way on the end where uh, they've got the quiz about the candidates. I like that, the food quiz. Yeah. Rob, you hungry? Tell, uh, tell uh, Fish to grow a set and play Isabella again. What happened? Why'd they drop that one? I will say that. I'm going to say, hey guys, will you grow a set? That's what I'm going to say. Well, yeah. gonna say and you can quote me. Tonight. Yeah. Yeah, grow two sets tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Andy. Congratulations on all your success. Hey, thank you guys. These uh, You guys, I love you both. You guys have uh, been, you know, this community is made by people who are passionate and pour their creativity into it. And, uh, you guys have been around for a long time, and uh, you guys have just made the scene a better place. So, and, uh, Andy, you, your work has—you've spearheaded work that has affected the history of our country. So, I mean, that's pretty huge, and you should be acknowledged. And I think people should be aware of that. And, and it, you make our scene proud as well. Well, you're being kind, and I'm just really grateful to to everybody. I mean, really, I mean it. Like, we have an incredible team at Headcount, from our volunteers to our staff to our board members, and like. You know, I always try whenever I have an opportunity like this to let people know how grateful I am. And uh, there's, it, it it really just does take everybody kind of pitching in. And that's what makes our community Let's great. Let's end with this. Can you uh, pick a team member that uh, recently or just in general uh, has really uh, turned your head recently? Oh, my God. Well, I'm going to have to go with J.R. Wotring. J.R. Wotring is our Columbus, Ohio team leader, a very important place uh, in the political map. Swing state. Swing and, state. And he's here. Uh, he's been running our locking team for four years. And uh, a few years ago, he actually kind of threw his back out here and uh, was in bed for months. So this is a guy who's given so much of himself, given so much to lock in. He recruits an all-star team every year. And anybody out there, I, if you're even slightly thinking about getting involved with Headcount, please visit headcount.org. And um, we just have so many great people who are going to be really happy to meet you and make you part of it. All right. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Can't wait to hear that Isabella, too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Andy. So I'll meet you somewhere in the middle, my love, somewhere between ember and flame, somewhere between ember and That's where long love remains Like the moon up above It waxes, it wanes Somewhere between ember and flame And there you have Andy Bernstein of Headcount taking some time with us while Charles Bradley was cranking away in the background at the Lockin Festival. Headcount.org, that is. We were straight back. Um, but we were right by that family zone. Just past the repeaters, and you'll hear in a future interview when the repeaters kick on at a low, louder volume. They were real low most of the day, and at some point during the day when the, a certain amount of people come in, exactly, they pop them on, and the horns blast out. 
And, uh, but we're going to be real brief here because if you, uh, any of you keen listeners noticed, we asked Andy who, who were some of his favorite um, employees. Not favorite, but if he had someone he wanted to highlight, if he had to highlight. Spotlight. 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 So we're going to go to the Headcount Spotlight. And he was from Columbus, Ohio. What was his name again, Seth? Say his name. JR, is it a JR? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's JR. Why do you do that to me on the spot all the time, you motherfucker? You, oh my God, Rob. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Quickly, we got to get to JR. All right, so I did a I did an auction and I was dressed up as Elvis and I was called Selvis. Oh, I got, to, you were sending me texts. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I didn't eat Pudgy, dinner. I didn't eat dinner that Pudgy night. Pudgy terrorist, Elvis. No, no, no. So I didn't eat dinner and um, I'm dressed up as Elvis, Selvis. And I'm going, and and people are not buying the guitars. They're not buying. It. It's just it's going very slow. And I get off stage, and the promoter's like, "Geez, Seth, swear a little." And I'm like, "What do you mean? Oh, I just no. I just said, a, were you shooting your mouth off? Oh, apparently. So this is what apparently what happened. Apparently, I, I was like, "Yeah, I think I said something." He goes, "Motherfucker." I'm like, "Yeah, I think I said that once." He goes, "No, no, Seth, you got into a zone. You're like, motherfucker, get that motherfucker, get that motherfucker, this motherfucker, 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 this motherfucker, that motherfucker, motherfucker, Okay, we get it. Here's what you got to do. I didn't know I did that though. I got into like a zone. Future things like this, you've got to capture the audio and bring it back to the show. I just and then we can. No, I want the actual audio, not the. I don't want that audio. I'm so embarrassed. Come on, just a little, little chat about it. We play it. We'll review the the performance. You're. Oh, was, yourself out dude, as an auctioneer. Every I know, 10 but that was that was the worst performance I ever did. All right, well, we're going to be continuing on this. Let's first. Oh get, yeah, let's get to Jr. Jr. We are here with Jr. Watchering of Headcount. Jr. is from Columbus, Ohio, and was. Uh, the first name Andy Bernstein said the when I said, uh, highlight one of your team for me. You're the veteran of lock-in, we understand. Yes, this is uh, my fourth lock-in, um, and hopefully the third one that I successfully get all the way through. How did you initially get uh, set up with Headcount? What did you do immediately previous to your work with Headcount? Um, I, it was one of those things. I think it was a, like a Dave Matthews Band email that, uh, you know, just get into music, get into the voter registration. Um, it's something that I've, I've always been passionate about, kind of the, the apathy of voter turnout. And uh, I'm horrible with dealing with the public. So I thought it would be a good way to challenge myself personally and get out there and at the same time, you know, catch shows and stuff. Well, you brought up apathy. When you're at these festivals, what kind of vibe do you get? I'm sure you see a lot of conscious people who are very engaged. And do you also, is, is it frustrating to you, the people who seem to not care? Or where are you at on that, on it, that uh, spectrum? Man, there is there is still apathy. I, uh, it is frustrating. Uh, I, we're seeing a lot more angles to, to explain to people the importance of voting. Um, as our, bro- good, our good brothers and sisters in, in Colorado and Washington have come to show us, like, the value of the local vote, of your statewide things, of your local elections. It's not just about the person who wants to be the most powerful person in the world. Like some of the things in our communities that we don't like, we can fix through the electoral process. Do you have any pet causes of your own? What's your big cause or big, other than getting people to vote? Uh, Obviously, I like to get people to vote. Um, 
I would love to see some marijuana reform go down. Uh, to me, a lot of it's really the most important is the environment. I mean, we've had a 500-year storm pretty much every year for the last dozen years or so. That uh, mathematically doesn't seem to make sense to me, so it kind of seems like there's a problem there. Um, and I'm really big on a lot of liberties. And now, do you do any of the follow-up work, the telephone work afterwards, or are you mainly signing up and working these festivals? I mostly do voter registration. There's a handful of other organizations that I've, I do do volunteer work with. Um, but I don't do any political, like, you know, canvassing for, for part, for, you Advocacy know, work. Yeah, not, not that much. By the time I'm done with headcount for the summer, I'm ready for some me time. Uh-huh, and now looking down the road, say five years from now, ten years from now, where, where do you see yourself? What do you see yourself doing, still being involved in this, uh, with headcount, involved with be, uh, pushing the uh, folks to register to vote? I ideally, I um, yes, I'll be. I'm sure I'll be doing this in five years. Um, in a dream situation, head count would go away. There, or it would be something totally different. I would love to see a world where nobody needs to register to vote. Um, I think every nonprofit that's a good nonprofit looks to eliminate itself. Like you know, the American Cancer Society should get rid of cancer, and um, head count should get rid of voter registration and be more about you know, just advocacy and, and getting people engaged instead of this whole lunacy that, oh, you're a citizen, but now you have to take a step to exercise your right to vote. That just seems silly. Let me ask you this. When you're doing what you do, you're trying to connect with people, you know, and trying to get them to sign up to vote. What are some of the, uh, some of the things you find have re resonance when you're trying to, efforting to connect with these kids who go to these festivals? Obviously, marijuana laws... <laughs> Um, any state that has like an upcoming uh, medical law or you know decriminalization, um, those those are big big issues. You still see a lot of people that are big on the environment. You still see a lot of people that are big on the same causes, and I think we see the cycles of people get exciting excited about movements and they get the ball rolling and it doesn't you know quite get there and uh, I think you know they get frustrated it's like oh I tried and you, they don't realize that these processes are not four-year cycle processes that they take years and years and years you know all the old hippies still have the the bumper stickers that say I can't believe I'm still protesting this shit but <laughs> we have to still be protesting right. this shit gotta like, be vigilant yeah like and some of it we don't have to protest anymore like we have we have moved some things along, but there's always going to be causes that we want to move forward as people. And I don't really ever see myself not having issues with having issues. What do you think about the Lockin uh, compared to other festivals? The, the people you met here at Lockin compared to people you meet at other festivals? Lockin's an interesting beast because it is so. It's more driven to the older clientele. Uh, a lot of the other festivals that, I've, uh, that, I, that I do are, are a lot younger. Um, a lot of these people are, oh, no, I've been registered for years. They tell you about how they were voting for or against Nixon and things like that. So um, it's, it's a very different clientele. The, what we have going on with Participation Row is amazing, though, because you get these people coming over a lot to, to see our friends over here at Ben & Jerry's and get some, some fish food tonight. And... Uh, 
but to, to meet all these other organizations that we have out here and you just get that excitement at that they're getting to be involved at something like this in addition to the fact that obviously Lockin's awesome um, but to have that added value it just I think is an incredible thing not only for the concert goers but for for the for the kids that you know that put this on and you know it's it's just a beautiful thing did you work Vans Warped Tour too? I did go out they sent me out to Vans Warped Tour for a show I did a show. So that what did you is, think now? How about set that contrast? Compare your interactions there with other festivals. It was very eye-opening. I, um, I am I'm ahead. And I think that our community is the only cool community like that really cares. And I think that we are the best of the communities. And uh, when I saw the behind-the-scenes working that uh, they do on that tour, it's amazing. They have they have counselors on tour um, for, you know, ad- addiction counselors. They just have, you know, social counselors. And and they're not, they don't look like your guidance counselor. They look like... Camp counselors, huh? Yeah, like, I mean, it's amazing. They look and, like Mike Watt fans? <laughs> yes. And uh, it was, it's hot. That, like... Hotter than here? Yes. Well, I was in Dallas. It was uh, 122 Oof, uh, on the parking lot the, at 10 o'clock at the production office oh when we started. Gosh. So, yeah, it, it's very hot and very long days. Um, the girl that we had out on that tour, like, I just constantly, like, apologized to her. Um, because they're up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. They get their stuff set up. They let volunteers in at 10. Doors are at 11. You know, they they work nonstop until, like, 7 and have to get everything on the bus and you know they're threatened with missing their bus they miss their bus they got to find their way to the next town like oh. it's it's a brutal tour but there's a lot of obviously much younger people like uh, probably at least a third of the people that we approached were like oh I'm 15 and uh, they had an excitement though to eventually vote and that was incredibly refreshing you know, we see a lot of the apathy. We see a lot of the, man, I'm, I'm not in the system. You know, I'm off the grid, or, you know, around our community here. And uh, to see that desire to be engaged is, it's very refreshing. Well, thank you very much for what you're doing and helping to get people registered to vote and educating everyone. One last question, unless you got anything else? Uh, no, just kind of full of thank yous. That's We're all. at Lock in 2016. What bands are you most excited to see? Obviously, the fish, uh, the, fish. Any, the fishes, uh, the Vermont Quartet uh, that these kids keep talking about. <laughs> I, oh man, I'm going to start such a firestorm. I am on Team Twiddle officially. I saw them. Mic drop. Sorry, I'm picking <laughs> up. I saw them. I saw them a couple weeks ago, and they just raged it during the day, and I was like, oh my god. Okay, I get Twiddle now. Is Paige going to come out with Twiddle again? Um, I'm not allowed to discuss some of these matters. I might have information that uh, I have no clue. I, the Twitter <laughs> I've heard is because of Brad Serling's weekly live stash. And I've liked, <laughs> I've liked a lot of what I've heard. Although he one time played the same song two weeks in a row, which was odd. Yeah, but I'm sure it was totally different. Yeah, I could have I, I gone for a different song. But whatever. <laughs> thank, oh, you, Bra- thank hey, you, Brad, hey, for supporting this. We band. got some cool treats and coming And we're getting here. free oh, yeah, ice cream to Ben and Jerry's. Our, our friends from Ben and Jerry's here with some fish food. All right. What's your name? I'm Brody. I'm the ice cream guy. Brody, the ice cream guy. Keeping thank you so cool. much. Well, thank you. This is delicious. Yeah, keeping us cool the whole time. So <laughs> thanks for 
for having us here, guys. Thank you. Cheers. It, it pairs well with fish. Fish, food, and fish. Thank you for talking with us. Absolutely, guys. Thanks, man. J.R. Watchering from Columbus, Watchering. Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Headcount. Headcount.org. How happy is the frog upon the lily? How happy is the heron so nearby? If they can play their parts without a change of hearts, why not you and I? And now, Seth. And now, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy a chat with Jr. from Columbus, Ohio? It was very nice. It was actually great. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Jr. a couple times at Lockin. The times that I was there, except for last year when I wasn't there. Um, fantastic, enthusiastic individual. Um, I think he really. Uh, you know what I enjoyed most about that interview was talking to him about the Warp Tour and when he's. You know, you're trying to register people to vote, but then he, at lock-in, you're trying to register people to vote that either are, like, well into their years of voting, and most people are already registered or or just don't want to deal with it, versus, like, the youth that aren't quite able to register yet because they're too young. And it's just kind of that 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 uh, seesaw right there was kind of cool to hear. Seesaw? Yeah, you know what seesaw is, don't you? Sure. I'm just trying to see if it worked there. So... Moving on, Rob, we did get the chance to uh, hang out on a participation row, and we went to the one booth, uh, one of the booths that Andy mentioned. And so, mind you guys, you know, what you do is when you're going down all these different, you know, they got uh, normal and just tons of different NPOs, and you go and you get a... um, like uh, essentially a postcard, not a postcard, a, a passport. And as you as you do the activations and learn from what they have, you get stamped, you move on. And if you get so many, you get entered into Window Guitar, etc. It's all on the interview you heard before. But it's like the Kirkwood Vine store, all the same same kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> except for you, you end up crawling at the wine crawl. If, if you ever been to wine crawl with Rob Turner, let me tell you something. I brought I brought if my it's t- walking distance from my house. Except for the fact that Rob, do you remember that even if it was walking distance, you kicked my son out of his stroller. And you're like, I'm not crawling. I'm sitting. Plop. You're making crap. I'm totally making that up. But people can envision it. It's Mardi Gras Central now, too, Kirkwood. And I talked to Kevy about it at, uh, at Lockin backstage. Uh-huh. Ran into Kevin Williams a couple of times. Very, very good guy. And he is going to continue to be a part of our Mardi Gras festival, which circles from Bessie Branham Park around over to Hosea. And then it ends over by the Kirkyard Public House. And they have a New Orleans-style little jam session with the instrumentalists just playing unamplified and people singing, standing around. Yeah, it's a good time. Oh, it's wonderful. So we finished off by going to this... Um to project, this activation. Project Grows. Project Grows. And, uh, it, Lindsay. It, we spoke with Lindsay. And Lindsay had Rob do the activation, which uh, if you stick around terrible. for that, it's, <laughs> it's terrible. Mr. Politician knows yeah. his stuff up here, does he? I was he? flaking. I don't know. Uh, and I Rob dis- does not have... distracted. He does not have a poli-sci major, so it's all right. <laughs> Seth was afraid to even try. <laughs> oh, whatever, man. I was holding the mic. Come on. <laughs> Hold this. Uh, well... Yeah, let's check this out. And again, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, hope you're enjoying Inside Out with Turner and Seth, and of course, the Headcount episode. And that's headcount.org. And here's Lindsay.
All right. Hey, Rob. Hey, Seth. Perspiration Row. Here we are. We're at Project Grows. Grow, eat, enjoy. And we're talking to Lindsay Lennon. Hello. Hello, Lindsay. Where are you from, Lindsay? I am from Stan, Virginia. And uh, how did you get involved with this cause? So I um, started studying food in graduate school and just became interested in food issues and wanting to have a voice about things that I was seeing in health and um, growing food yourself. So I started growing food myself and then I moved, um, I was in Florida at that time, then I moved back to Virginia and found this organization that had an opening for a job as their education coordinator and I thought that's perfect for me. I want to teach kids about healthy food and where it comes from and what to eat. So here I am. And what was the first event you worked? Hmm. First event for Project Rose? Yeah. Hmm. I think the first event I did was Red Wing Roots. It was um, a uh, uh, where we did a music festival and we basically just did information booth for them. Um, we also do farmers markets. Uh, I did farmers markets with them and we do Earth Day. Uh, we do a thing called Stanton Jams where we plant seeds with kids. We let them take some food home with them. Literally planting seeds there with you, kids. There you go. Lindsay, uh, have you ever done anything with Headcount before? I have not. So this is your first time being involved with them? It is my first time, yep. But how many festivals have you worked? And is this the biggest one you've worked yet? Oh, this is definitely the biggest one we've worked. Yeah. Um, I think the next biggest would have been Red Wing, which is two or 3,000 people. Um, and it's over in, um, in Augusta County in Virginia. All right. And, and now what's the main thing you're conveying to uh, festival attendees who swing by the town here? Um, today we're just doing a lot of informing about our organization and who we are and that we are here. And what's really cool about being here today is there are people from all over the country and also people from the local area. So we have people signing up on our newsletter who want to become involved in our organization more directly and people who also are involved in organizations that are out of the state or in other parts of the country who want to just know what we're doing and find out more information about us or pass it on to people that they know. So it's been a really cool mix between people who are local and people who are not local. And we're also focusing on election issues. Um, that's something we're really trying to highlight with the election season coming up. And since food is our main focus, and that's an issue that's really not talked a lot about with candidates, um, it, it's not one of the hot buttons um, that you see all over the news. It's more like a cold sub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. But what so, are some of the main issues? What would be your like top two or three issues that we should be aware of? Um, so the top issues uh, for, for local people are definitely um, in Augusta County, Stanton, and Waynesboro. We have far higher than average rates of childhood obesity and um, overweight children. Mm -hmm. And so we're really trying to highlight those issues. Um, in the state of Virginia, um, kids are... Uh, only 10% of kids eat our daily recommended value of food, and 80% of kids don't get the recommended levels of exercise. So that's something we want to know for statewide. And then nationwide, we want people to know that kids are, um, one in three children will develop diabetes, and that over 30% of kids are overweight or obese as a nation. So, so those are some of the health facts. As far as the um, policy issues, we're really just trying to highlight first that there are more than just two candidates running for the election. That's a little bit of surprise to some people. And then uh, as far as the food issues, um, we want to highlight um, a lot of local food and um, benefits. So like SNAP benefits, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, and highlight how um, important that is to some families and the benefits that they reap from those programs just more than just the food getting into their bellies as far as it helps them economically and it helps them as a family unit. So highlighting um, the importance of those programs and then just candidate stances on 
um, on local foods and food subsidies. Wow, that's quite <laughs> the a horn. horn. Just came right in there. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Well, I see that you have an, uh, an activation here. We're gonna go ahead and get Rob to do this activation. But before we do, uh, the one question that Rob had for you is he really was interested, as I am too. Uh, what's the response to from people that are coming up to your booth? How engaged and conscious are the people you're talking to? It's been really amazing. Um, like I said, there have been uh, some people uh, who have come up and they weren't sure who's. We have these heads that are laminated, and you're matching the head of the candidate to their statement. Um, some people aren't sure whose head it is. Um, so we have um, Trump, Clinton, Stein, and Johnson. And definitely um, Trump and Clinton are pretty well known, but um, Stein and Johnson are, are less known. So that's been that's been surprising. Um, but what was the question again? Say uh, it one well, more time. No, that you answered. Okay. And what about this? Um, people also vote with their money. Mm. Do you educate people on how to, you know, where to get healthy food or where to restaurants that um, serve stuff that is in line with your cause? So we haven't talked a lot about that today. Um, we do run two farmers markets uh, in, in Augusta County. Uh, so we are educating. I tell people about that. Hey, we run these markets. We have some information on the markets. And we do, um, outside of this, we do do a lot of education on where to find healthy like food. Like your website. What's your, can you shout yep. out your website? We're projectgrows.org. So that .org is really important. And then... Um what are some of the things they can find on there? Some that, that what you just mentioned, of course, right? Yeah, and so then they could find information on our organization, um, how we started, what we're about. They could um, our the most important thing is our contact information. If they want to come out and visit our farm, or if they want to just learn more about education opportunities, and um, we also yeah we can point them in the right direction if they want to know more about SNAP benefits, or if they wanted to know where those farmers markets were, or getting access to healthy food, we can okay. point them in that direction. And right. what about uh, chickens? You raise chickens. We do not have chickens. We did for a little while, um, but we do not live on the farm, so it was really tough to keep. Have up you ever been in the room with an elephant before? <laughs> now you have. And let's the All elephant right, in the Rob, room is the installation. Uh, is this what I'm it doing? It is. Yeah. Let's do this. Food policy. Name that candidate. Let's do food security. Okay. All what right. happens to kids and families cut from unemployment insurance and food stamps? They're number two, small to fail and deserve an equal chance to succeed. Who is that, Rob? Is that, go ahead and place so that head to, there. Place a head on there. I'm supposed You've to guess. You've got four heads right here. Pick the head of the candidate who is, is there now. Do you want to read the rest of them first so you can then figure out it, or do you want right, to just right, go one at a time? The next one is: I'm not for survival of the fittest. I've identified people that are true that are truly in need. Without government help, they're really going to fall through the cracks. But we've gone way over the line in defining, in defining in need. That needs to be scaled back or we're going to find ourselves not being able to provide any of these services. Of then course, then the next one is wants to guarantee economic human rights, including access to food, water, housing, and utilities with effective anti-poverty programs to ensure every American life, rather, every American a life of dignity. And, and then finally, no cuts to welfare, no cuts to food stamps, yet the new billet budget cuts military benefits. Sad. Okay, well, that one I think I know just because of the way it ends. <laughs> but, wow, this is actually a little more difficult. All right, so right? there's one of each on these? Yeah. All right, I'm going to say that um, that she is no cuts to welfare. And who is she? What, what is her name again? That is Jill Stein. Jill Stein. Mm -hmm. Gary Johnson, I'm going to put... Um, I'm not for survival of the fittest... Wants to guarantee, yeah, I'm there. I'm going to go well, Hillary, since, wants to guarantee since, economic since, human rights, and Trump with what happens to kids and families. Since How'd he I do? Since he can't hear you, well, how did he do? He got What are they, they're one, talking right? about? All right, Rob, are you ready? 
I got one right. Yeah, one right. Ah! <laughs> Wait, how do you get one of? Oh, wait, never mind. You, that's easy. He can get one of four. Sorry, he's moving around now. He's moving around. He moved Stein down, Trump down, and Hillary up. Now he has zero right. Oh, he's got zero right. He's got zero right. Does he have any left? Because the left was was the left here. Let's do a hint. Was the left right before? All right, here's what we're gonna do. What um. happens? <laughs> what happens to kids okay, and families cut from unemployment? Hillary? Insurance and food stamps. What does oh, that one? Sorry. Yeah, that one. That one is right. Okay, so okay, right. so right. So left is right now. Left is right. Which does Trump say? Now right. Which is Trump? No cuts to welfare, no cuts to food stamps, yet the new budget Come cuts Come on, it's got to be this one, no? Sad. That's what I was saying. Sad. That gives away the Trump. And now... Almost. He's I see no public comment available. That, that, that's Trump. Anywhere wait, I see wait, that, just, I think you Trump. Stay in no the food ta- security. Food no tax security. returns available either, apparently. So you almost got it correct. You still are missing one thing to switch around. Now let's move on to local food. We're just doing the one, dude. Oh, all right. That's it. That's all we got time for. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for exposing my stupidity. Oh, <laughs> oh we were close. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. Good luck out here. Thanks so much for what you're doing, and I'll bring my kid by so he can learn about how to eat properly. Although, he does eat really well. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, he's, and he's a good kid. A lot of energy. Yeah, good. Good. Keep him active. That's what yeah. you're going to leave us with. Talk about how eating right affects your uh, clear-headedness and your energy presence. Oh my gosh, it changes everything. If you feel like you're down, if you feel like you don't have a lot of energy or that you, I don't, I can't go work out or I don't, I can't think about eating healthy. I can't think about changing my own patterns. It's, you will be amazed at how just getting active and doing these little things will give you so much more energy. It'll make you just feel better all the way around. It's incredible. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Have fun, stay hydrated. I was born up in the mountains Raised up in a desert town And I never saw the ocean Till I was close to your age now Oh, Shenandoah, I long to see you Hey, hey, you're rolling river Oh, Shenandoah, I long to see you Hey, 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 you're rolling river. 